Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? It's your boy, Jeremy Brenner, talking more Rockets basketball following a 115-89 loss to the Phoenix Suns. I'm not alone tonight. I've got my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown. I'm sure he's got a lot to say, but uh, Mike, welcome back. It's good to be talking with you, but uh, initial thoughts on this loss. Quick thoughts. It's pathetic. It's Dude, it's just bad. They... It's almost at a point now where you're just like, you can't continue to harp on the same things because the fans just don't care at this point. And they shouldn't, Jeremy. Like rational fans, you're going to pay to go watch this team, this coaching staff, like to do what? To make the same stupid mistakes over and over and over again. Like, do you want to start the show again with the fact that KPJ dribbles the ball too damn much? Six more turnovers for him. You want to talk about the fact that Christian Wood running the offense through him at the three-point line makes no sense for anybody. In the first and second quarter, he got everything he wanted in the lane. Why is he continuing to go to the three-point line? You want to continue to talk about the fact that Jalen Green's three-point shot is completely broken like it has been since the beginning of the season? 
You want to talk about rotations and how Silas can't, again, run a rotation? Why is Tate playing 21 minutes? Why is Daniel House getting 20 minutes and playing the vast majority of a fourth quarter that doesn't mean anything? He doesn't play David Nwaba in the second quarter when he typically runs with the second unit. Why is he only playing in the fourth quarter? It's the same crap over and over and over again, dude. Well, not necessarily the same crap over and over again. Tonight, I think tonight you saw that, um, and look, the whole thing with Jay Sean Tate getting 21 minutes, you know, when there is garbage time, it's really hard to look at minutes and, and use that as an accurate representation for what the minutes, you know, allocation should look like. But I guess in terms of um, like not playing Nawaba until late, I think maybe he was just simply looking for something new. Maybe that was part of it. You know, he played Josh Christopher ahead of, of Nawaba and, you know, whether or not that was the right decision is, you know, it really doesn't matter. It, it, look, that would not have changed the outcome of this game tonight. Nothing would have really changed the outcome of this game. Look, the Rockets played a really good team tonight in Phoenix. I think that's something that is important to point out here. The Suns have now won eight in a row. I believe it's the longest streak they've had since they were in the bubble. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I mean, eight game win streak is you know very very impressive and they are one of the best teams in the nba let's not let's not just uh you know forget that part of this whole shenanigan tonight but i think in terms of just tonight Jalen shot is something that he's just gonna have to pick up I, i really don't see how there's much of a fix for that other than he's just got to make the shots and in terms of you know kevin porter i think um, I think that he did make some silly mistakes tonight as any point guard would, but I do think that we are seeing him grow each and every game. I thought we see him grow tonight. And the thing is, the reason why you should still want to watch the Rockets tonight is because they do have a direction. This is not, you know, fully broken. And you are looking for the night when this will become, you know, this when this will work when this will start to work that night wasn't tonight but it wasn't supposed to be tonight the suns are just a bad matchup for the rockets even though the suns started off really slow in the first half that's why the rockets were in it despite turning the ball over as much as they did that's a turnover machine that's not much you know you can really excuse for that other than the fact that this team is still really kind of just still figuring each other out and it's did you Hold, hold on real quick. Did you say this isn't broken? No, it's not broken. It's not oh broken. Oh, my God. This is this is glass shattered table in a million pieces broken, Jeremy. There is nothing right about this team. Besides, besides Shengun, no that is the only piece on this team that consistently has looked good. That's it. That, this is broken. It's broken. You can't say it's not broken. This is... Oh, no. Our Rockets, they're broken. Well, I mean, like on TikTok, Mike. I have no idea what, what a lot is. of our listeners would have appreciated that reference, but okay. Well, I need to. I need to get with the point, times then. But. At this point, look, I I still have faith that this is going to work, and and it might not necessarily work with how they're getting there, but the pieces, the pieces are the right pieces. They're just in the wrong order. And they are making adjustments every night. 
And I don't know if they're making enough adjustments. That might be the problem with this team right now is they're not making enough adjustments and they're kind of waiting for Kevin Porter to really kind of get into his own form in order for him to set everyone else up nicely. I think that, you know, that's something I brought up on the last show that I think is, um, is still, you know, relevant is, you know, with Kevin Porter's trying to figure out the point guard position, they clearly believe in him because if they didn't, then they would have agreed for John Wall to play the season and they would, or they would have signed a bigger facilitator. So they clearly believe in him and they're letting him learn. They have the facilitator. They, they have the facilitator. They don't play him. Who? He's our, DJ Augustine. No, Mike, I, I can't, I can't deal with this for another episode with you. It's, it's not going to happen. I, you don't have to, but it's, you're, I mean, he's a better option than Kevin Porter Jr. at this no, point. How no, many more, okay, so how many, so how many more games, how many more games do you want to watch where he has five plus turnovers, dribbles the ball too damn much, and can't set up his teammates? Because I'll I watch can, every game if I have to. Well, but they're, they're going to continue. They're going to be one in 12, and they're going to continue on this bullshit path that they're on. But Mike, that's, it's just not, it, it will work itself out. The law that of averages 100%. will eventually work itself out. I don't know how else to just, dis- I just don't know how else. To it's dis- pure speculation. Yeah, there's pre- it's pure speculation. You just said you wanted them to sign up a more of a facilitator. They actually have two on their roster. They're not playing either one of them. That's Who's bad the coaching. One? Who's the second one? John Wall. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying is they believe enough in Kevin Porter that they are not playing either of those two guys. And that is the direction that they're going in. It's, you know, you can, you can say that it's bad, you know, whatever, but that's, you know, I've said it in the last episode and I, to me, I want to give our listeners new stuff to talk about. I don't want to have to rehash the things that we've talked about in our old episodes that are still relevant now, but I'm going to leave it at this. The way the Rockets are going, they are trying to get these players to learn from their mistakes. And the only way you can make mistakes is if you play on the court. You can't bench those players because then they won't they won't learn through experience. There's two ways of learning, Mike. Your your mindset is more of, well, if you play bad, bench them and play somebody else. But in reality, the only players that they're investing in moving forward after the season in the point guard spot is Kevin Porter. So that's why they're playing Kevin Porter at the one as much as they are. And whether that's a smart idea to win a whole lot of basketball games is debatable. But at the same time, too, I think this season, like we've said before, is not about the wins and losses. It's about the development. But, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. But let me ask you a very simple question. Who do you think would help progress the development of Jalen Green, Shangoon, Jay Sean Tate more? Kevin Porter Jr. or John Wall? Very simply. Which one? I think that John Wall would set those guys up a little bit better. Then them not playing him, and I agree with you, is criminal to this roster. Period. That's all, that's and where that's- we can leave it. That's all I'm trying to say. But that's on that's not just on Silas. That's on Stone. That's on, you know, everyone in that building. And but the thing exactly. is, Mike, the thing that's is, what I've been Mike, saying for two months now. The reason why they're not doing it is because they they truly want to put their eggs in Kevin Porter's basket. And you know, the the cons, you know, like the worst case scenario of all of this is what's happening right now. And at the end of the day, the best case scenario, if you play John Wall, is 
you get a couple more wins and you're four and, you know, you're four and nine instead of one and 12. And to me, that is not enough of a difference in order to, you know, get those guys. But look, I think, I think what's going to happen is I think when Eric Gordon is traded at the deadline, they're going to try to trade him for a more, more of a point guard guy. And I think that will ultimately help, you know, set these guys up for success. You know, your, your greens, your woods, your Shengun's. But speaking of Shengun, let, let's talk about him. Cause I thought he had a great night. His first career triple double for, or not triple double, double double for him, but the triple double, who knows, maybe, maybe it's not too far away, but 10 points, 10 boards for him tonight. what do you think of Shengun tonight, Mike? Played great. I mean, he played at, he played at a really high level, you know, he's playing his way into what I believe to be a starting role on this team. The team is better when he's on the court, his ability to find the open man, his ability to drive to the bucket, his shot is looking better and better every night. You know, tonight in his 22 minutes on the court, they were nearly, you know, he, he played, you know, the Rockets to about even, he was a minus one in 22 minutes, four or six from the field. He had 10 mm-hmm. rebounds. He had four assists. Um, you know, when you only had two turnovers and when you're talking about guys on the floor right now, Two things. Can you hit a free throw and can you not turn the ball over? And that should dictate who's getting a lion's share of the minutes. But no, I thought Shen Goon tonight was, was great. Uh, yeah. I thought it was helped by the fact that DeAndre Ayton did not play tonight. If Ayton played, he could have had 40 and 40 tonight. Uh, I, I mean, I I'm being somewhat that, but... facetious, but you know what I mean, that the Rockets have no rim protection. And if Daniel Tice on a, you know, in a game like this is going to have one rebound, you send his ass to the bench. Period. End of story. Let Shingun play. I think with I think with Tice and like Aruba play. What what it is with him is I think the reason why you're not starting Shingun and Wood yet is because if you start both of them, then you don't have a offensive big man in the second unit. And I think that is ultimately the reason why they're trying to stagger them. But I do think we are getting closer to Shingun reaching that starting five but we have a lot of speaker requests here tonight we have a nice solid crowd here on spotify green room and i want to try to get to as many of these callers as i possibly can so we're going to go pretty quickly now i've got harvey here first hopefully harvey is still here and he can uh come up and talk with us but harvey welcome to the show my friend how are you doing tonight harvey you there harvey going once Oh yeah, right. yeah, you go. I hit, I hit the mute button. Right. How you guys? You're good, you're good. How's how's um, it going, Harvey? Oh man, this is this is just frustrating, man. The the same three things: turnovers, can't hit free throw shots, and the 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 rebounding. We we just we just we don't have we we we're not good in those categories, and we're not gonna win a lot of games. And KPJ is not a point guard. I, I'm sorry, I, I'm done with the experiment. Uh, um, the turnovers are just. It's frustrating, man. Have twenty turnovers like this, it's unheard of. Yeah, I, it got, it comes back, Harvey, to me that there's no. We haven't talked about this tonight. This team is lost offensively. Like, what are they? What do they do? It's because do, Kevin Porter's still trying to figure his position out as, as a point guard. But that's why you stagger him off of the bench. I'm not saying bench Kevin Porter Jr. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that if you don't have a leader on the, the floor, a floor general, you got to find one in order to have an offense. That's why they turn the ball over 20 plus times a game. 
uh, I wanted to say something else. I know this is kind of a little bit further down the road, but as far as the draft goes, you know, the, the two big men is supposed to be in uh, Boncaro and uh, Green. Me personally, I don't yep. want the Rockets to have mm-hmm. the number one pick because I don't want them to choose between them two. I think they should just take get the number two pick and take whichever one they get left over. But uh, we need a big man, and and they need to start with uh, Alfred Shingun. Christian Wood is not going to be a part of this team. I, I'm, I'm I'm done with. Man, it's a lot of stuff. I'm just I'm I'm not. I can't explain this loss, man. We can at least we've been in a lot of these games, man. It's just been simple things that we've done that we've done to lose games as far as turnovers and not making free throws. That's that's it. That's, but uh, that's just all I want to mm-hmm. say, man. I yeah, and the thing is, like. Just, no, that's all I want to say, man. I just want to talk to you guys, man. I listen to the show all the time. Love what you guys doing, man. Going to keep supporting. We appreciate right, you, Harvey. Appreciate that, Harvey. No Thank you. All right. And in terms of the Bonchero-Chet debate, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about much more down the line, in terms of, you know, because they're going to have to make a decision on Wood. If they end up with a top two pick or even a top three pick, because, you know, uh, Jalen Duran is, is also another you know, big man that could be probably a top three, top four pick. And if you're going to be at the top of the draft, they're going to have to make a decision on Wood. And I think Wood's frustration with being part of the offense, um, he knows that he's in a really good position to showcase his value. He is arguably the best player on the team right now, or at least the player that can, you know, has the highest ceiling right now of, of all the guys, not necessarily down the line, where Jalen and, and Kevin Porter are, but I think right now Christian Wood knows that he can be the best player on this team and have the best numbers on the team. And I think he knows that if by season's end, if this is not working out with the Rockets, the Rockets are probably going to shop him and try to find a new home for him at the end of the season. And he's going to go to a team that's going to be probably in a better position and he won't have the ability to uh, you know, showcase his value which will lead to his free agency the following summer, and he won't be able to cash in as much as he can. I think he wants to be part of the Rockets because he thinks he knows that that can being part of the Rockets is the best way to you know get more value for him and for him to get the most amount of money in his next contract. Yeah, and if they move him, I sw- God help me if they only move him for draft picks. All right, God help me. I, I think because if you move him, I think you better get for a point guard. They're going to have to trade him for a point guard or a facilitator or someone that can that can cooperate with uh, Kevin right. Porter and Jalen Green as you know a trio. That's that's I think what eventually they're going to do, and maybe they get a pick on top of it. Who knows? But I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Alex here. Yeah. Um, I've got Alex Tan come up here. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hi. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Yes, sir. All right, awesome. Um, you know, I just wanted to preface it a bit and say I, I had pretty, like, really low expectations for the Rockets this year. And so, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm uh, more towards 1 in terms of frustration with the team. But I, I, I had to – I hear a lot of Kevin Porter, frustration with Kevin Porter. And I, I got to say, I think – it's, you know, it's still, it, it's not much difference than where we were last week in terms of how patient we need to be with Kevin Porter. Because even through this week, until the first half of today's game, Kevin Porter was looking better. I'm not saying he was looking good, but he was definitely weak. 
And then, uh, yeah, the first half, the first half was definitely rough. Yeah, I think I think he had six turnovers. All six of his turnovers were in the first half, I believe, or at least at least five. I can't remember, but um, I think there there there's gonna be halves like that, especially when I will say this in terms of basketball IQ, they have maybe like on court between their players, maybe the lowest basketball IQ in the league, bottom five. And when you're playing somebody, a defense especially, that's run by Chris Paul, yeah, you could you could say Chris Paul coming out with seven steals. I I could have I would have told you ten, to be honest, at the start of the game. But I think we do still need to have patience with Kevin Porter because I, I know it's it's probably an unpopular uh unpopular opinion right now, but they're I mean the playing DJ Augustine so what Jalen Green can get what two more open shots and maybe he hits one, maybe he breaks both. A game that I don't see that really fast tracking his development. I mean, it was always gonna be Jalen Green was gonna was gonna struggle because one, he plays at a position that struggles, notoriously struggles coming into the league. And that's a pure scoring shooting guard. Oh, just last year of Anthony Edwards. And it, it was it was I was gonna mention, yeah, Anthony Edwards he had, had a just really as bad. If you, you look know, at their basketball reference year. and you look at their first ten games, you can you can search up mm-hmm. they're just just as bad. And he Very has similar. has a like a ninety-fifth percentile NBA body. Jalen Green has maybe a bottom twenty percent. Not not an explosive, but just like his frame. Right. And 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 Anthony Edwards has just as much explosiveness. Right. But but Anthony Edwards did really come into his own at the back half of the season. And that's what really you want to, we want to look out with Jalen Green, but not, not really in game 12. I will say his shot. It's been surprisingly, I, I expected it to be inconsistent, but uh, some of these misses are, are super, super off. So I don't know if it's just a strength thing that he needs to just build up his strength to be able to consistently hit at the NBA level. But I, I don't know. Do you guys know, is the G League? The G League's the same distance, right? Yeah, yes. Right, so, I mean, it, it, it could just be the sample size. So, I, I you just you never know. Yeah, I think, I, I agree with that, Alex. I think, I think look, people, it feels like the season's been super long, and I think seasons feel a lot longer when you're losing, but we got to keep in mind, we're not even a month into the season yet. Like, we still have five months of this season to go, and it, I think it feels a lot longer than that, but they've also only played 13 yeah. games. That's what, um, like, mm-hmm. not even a fourth of the schedule yet. So we still have a lot of time, and that's why I'm that's why I'm still very patient with this team is because I know how many games are left, and I'm, you know, realizing that they're, like, every game is an opportunity, and they have almost 70 opportunities left to be able to, you know, showcase they are improving. And while tonight might have been a step back, I think you're going to see a step forward tomorrow because, you know, usually when you lose big, you come out the next night with a bit of a different energy. And I know it's maybe a tough matchup tomorrow night against the Grizzlies. Uh, It should be interesting to see what uh, John Morant uh, brings and how, you know, Kevin Porter can kind of, you know, I think he could take a lesson or two from John Morant. I, he's not as quick as John Morant, but I think the way that John Morant kind of, you know, plays the position, I think Kevin Porter could take a lot out of that. Um, but, yeah, yeah Alex, definitely. we've got, we've got a couple more speakers, uh, so uh, I don't want to, you know, 
I don't want to go too far, but any last any last thoughts before uh, I send you back? Yeah, I mean, just just about you know having a point guard. I mean, I, I see a lot of people saying like, oh, we need like a Ricky Rubio type to to really help Jalen Green, but what they don't realize is Ricky Rubio was in Minnesota last year, and Anthony Edwards was still terrible for more than half the year. So so it's it's not that simple as just playing you know a true point guard next to Jalen Green. It's it's gonna take time no matter what. I think part of that is also that Ricky Rubio is terrible, yeah. but I do get your point. No, well, whoa, whoa, whoa Ricky whoa. Rubio sucks. He's not. I, I Mike, have you seen what he's Ricky been Rubio doing? Rubio is amazing right now? right now. Okay, this year, congrats. On the whole, he's not a great player. Okay, because he was like seen as like you know like the Spanish Steve Nash when he came out, and maybe he hasn't been Spanish Steve Nash, but he could do a lot of good for a team like the Rockets right now. I. I I kind of agree with that. We talked a little bit about that on the last show, but Alex, thank you so much for coming up and dropping your takes. Uh, appreciate it. All right. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to, you know, I do think that a point guard is coming soon, but at the same time, guys, like, like what Alex said, you know, the, the sample size is still really small and even, you know, I'm still going to say it's small and because it is, I mean, you guys want results. I think, I think it's very clear that Rockets fans want results. Um, Mike is, do you blame no, 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 but but you blame I mean, at the same time, keep in mind where we were expected to go this season. Okay. No, I get that. It, the problem is the process. Like the process is not being run right. And I think that's what Rockets fans are talking about. And just for context, Ricky Rubio is averaging 13 points and seven assists a game. He's a nice, he's a nice player. Is he? That's, I mean, but, but Mike, I think the, I think the thing with, with a guy like Ricky Rubio, and I'm not saying Ricky Rubio specifically, but a guy like Ricky Rubio is there to ensure that the ball is not turned over. And that's my point. You have that guy here. They don't play him. But, but Mike, DJ Augustine is not on that same level. Like you can't, you can't just like, he's not on that level. He's, he's close. He's no, close he's enough, but, but, you, Mike, but you Mike, don't know that because they don't play him. That's but, the problem. But Mike, okay, but, I mean, what would you, like, they're, they're playing Josh Christopher over him. Do you think that's a bad move? I think it's a good move to play him. I think it's a, obviously, to get Christopher minutes ahead of guys like Daniel House, who honestly should be cut at this point because he's awful. But, well, I mean, Daniel House doesn't play the same position. No, but what? but hold on. My point is that, minutes should be staggered more between Augustine and Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. getting 30 plus minutes with his level of play right now is criminal to this roster. Yes, that's my point. I think, but I think at this point, you know, we can talk about, you know, opinion and we can talk about facts and the facts are, this is the direction the Rockets are currently going right now. The Rockets are currently going at a pace where they are preferring to play the guys that are going to be here long-term. And I think those guys are getting priority over, over others. So that is the direction they're going in. And we can say that, yes, we would like them to play this guy more than the other guy, but that's not the direction they're going in. And in terms of house, you know, I'll, I'll even say it, you know, I've been, I've been very patient with Daniel house. We've had an up and down relationship with him, but I am kind of getting to the point now where, I'm, I'm losing, I'm losing faith. And I'm, and I really don't, I really don't know how much more I have on his leash. Like, I, I feel like he needs to 
he needs to yep. step up or he's going to lose his he's going to lose his place in the rotation right. because I think it's only a matter of time when the guys like like KJ and Christopher and Nawaba are going to outplay him in practice and and make it to where you know he's more important to playing games. So Daniel House yep. is is I mean yep. he's yep. got to step it up otherwise he's not going to be playing much longer. I don't I don't cuz if they're already pulling the leash on Augustine, then my my thinking is they're pretty close to pulling it on on Daniel House as well. And real quick, context-wise, Ricky Rubio, career-wise, 11 points and 7 assists. DJ Augustine is at 10 points and 4 assists. They're really that not much different. Career statistics over their span in the, in the right, NBA. Mike, you can die on this hill. No, it's Please. not dying on the hill. It's... People who are saying yeah, but that you keep bringing it up. People saying that that Rubio is that much better than Augustine, it's simply not. But on, on the defensive end, on the defensive end of the floor, I, I would take Ricky Rubio. That's saying a lot because Ricky Rubio is one of the worst defensive guards in the league. I, I don't agree, but okay. Okay. Hey, you know what? He's playing on a team where they're playing out of their mind right now in Cleveland. Nine and five, good for him. But and yeah, good for and Cleveland, they actually play their vets in the correct. Right, I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring Mauricio up. He's been he's been very patient down in the audience. But Mauricio, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm just I'm I'm What's here up, to say, where was this energy of you guys turning on Silas last year? You guys didn't say anything about Silas rotations and stuff last year, but now since we're starting off bad, you guys want to go at their Silas's throat so much. And remember, KPJ yeah. hasn't played point guard ever in his life. When he was in Cleveland, he played small forward. And when he got to the Rockets, he played shooting guard. And he hasn't played f- basketball in a year when he came to Houston. So just give him time to learn a new position and stuff like that. You're going to go after a guy in his... himself on this one because I agree with you. Yeah, you're going to... Okay, first of all, going after a guy in his first season as an NBA coach ever is wrong. Second of all, at this point, you know in the last 57 games, the Rockets are 5-52? and 52? That yeah, deserves criticism. That I deserves. Mean, I think I saw it seven and fifty. Okay, seven. Sorry, that's not like a matter. Whatever, seven and fifty. That deserves criticism of how he's running his team, who he's putting on the floor, and as it pertains to Kevin Porter Jr. learning a new position. Let me tell you, the guys who are good enough figure it out, no matter where they're playing, and he's not figuring it out right now. I'm not saying give up on the experiment. What I'm saying is you need to drastically draw back on the experiment and play guys that actually need to be on the court and can help develop guys like Jalen Green because Kevin Porter Jr. ain't it, my dude. I understand that, but, like, I, I, I need to know why people want DJ Augustine to play when you guys were advocating last year when we got Jalen Green, like, hey, let, don't play wall because we need to see this KPJ and Jalen Green together. And now since it's not working, you guys want to tear it that down. Thank you, Maurice. I, I never said don't play. I never say don't play wall. It's stupid to pay a guy forty-one million dollars and not play I, him and actually make I'm him. I'm not saying. Do I'm not saying you said it. I'm not saying you said Mike. But I'm saying like other people in Rockets, like the Rockets atmosphere, were saying that. Yeah, because because they're not. That's not the right move. If you're not going to play wall, move him. Get him off of the roster. Do whatever it takes to get him off of the roster. But the fact is the Kevin Porter Jr. experiment right now is a failing experiment. 
you have to adjust on the fly, which Silas has shown he cannot do. He's shown it multiple times this season at different points. Playing Daniel House when you're down 25 points in the fourth quarter to Phoenix is stupid. That deserves because to be he, questioned. He knows he knows that you're not gonna we're not gonna get back in the game, so he wants to like give them like garbage time to play. This is like basically in the NFL. Like say you got like a trash player and you know you're not coming back from a, a deficit and you bring and yeah, you I mean, like, bring back well put, house, you you put a new guy in and be like, hey, we're not out. We don't want you to out. I know we're down. I don't want you guys to do something big, but I got to play this guy to like, because I know we're not coming back from this and stuff like that. That's fair. But to Jonathan's point in the chat real quick, this is not all on KPJ. They're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. He's not a point guard. He's a scorer. That's his role. He doesn't need to facilitate. Get him the ball and go score a bucket. That's what he's best at. He's not a facilitator. He's not a point guard right now. And he's putting players around him that are also learning on the fly. And and I think that when it comes to this whole thing, I think like if if they said, you know what, Kevin Porter, like we think you're not a point guard. And if they say, okay, at the end of the season, if, if Scoot's like, okay, then trade me to a team that does. I do think Scoot will eventually figure this thing out. And he will be a good player in the NBA. I don't think that is the issue. And I do agree with you, Mauricio. I think, and I, if you've listened to any of the episodes, you know, I've been advocating for patience among Rockets Twitter for a while now and, and for, you know, Red Nation. But I think the reason why people are frustrated is because we are so used to having a winning basketball team. We have, we've had a winning basketball team, you know, for 15 years now uh, consecutively. And then before that we had a winner and, you know, we're, we're yeah. not like the rock. When you think of the Rockets, you don't think of losing. And I think that's why fans are frustrated because they, this is not the Rockets that they know of. And even though it's a different group of players, you know, it's, it's not the team that they grew up with and they want, they want, you know, they want to win. And I don't blame, I don't blame people for wanting to win, but I also think people need to understand what the expectations of this team currently is right now. And the expectations of the team are, we're going to develop Kevin Porter. We're going to develop Jalen green, even though we might question as to how they're doing it. To me, I think there's a method to the madness. And I think that they eventually will have a direction where it, it will start to look that way. But you know, they have, they've only played 13 games. It's yeah. not like this is the team that we're going to see forever. And that's why you should still watch Rockets games because yeah. even if they do lose, they're like, they, they are going into every game likely to lose, but yeah, one night things are going to start to click and, and gradually things are going to click over a period of time. And but this Rockets team isn't that bad because you see how sometimes they come back what? in the games and sometimes they just can't sustain that momentum. They're not consistent. They're not that bad. They're the worst team in the league. Well, they, they come they come back in their games. Like half of the time I tune in, they're down. And then when I come back, they're like up. They're like right close to taking they, over. They, look, they, they – Yeah, they're they down by 23 pride. and they get back to eight. They have a lot I mean, of pride. I get what you're saying. I think you are, yeah. you know, mistaking – uh, pride for for being good and and you can be bad you can have a lot of pride but you, can still be, you can still be bad compared to the rest of the NBA and I think in terms of where the Rockets are now 
I think having a team and having a culture that has guys that are willing to fight through these games, I think tonight was not necessarily a game that is a good example of this, but I think in most of these games so far, they've been fighting till the bitter end. And yeah, I like, think that's, like a, that's a good game. culture to bring in. And that's something that Silas has brought in that is positive. But at the same time, um, you know, Silas's strategies, I think, are just slow in terms of their development. But I think it seems slower than it actually is because the team is losing. And if they were winning, it would make it, it, would make it feel like the development is going by a lot quicker than, than how it actually is. The, the, the team is still developing. It may not be developing as quickly as they could be because they're not winning these games that to me is is ultimately the reason why fans are frustrated and the team is where it is right now but Mauricio I appreciate you coming up I've got one more request down so uh before I got one more thing to say appreciate it I got one more thing to say I don't know I don't know why you guys want to trade wood when we get another big why don't we just have him come off the bench it's just too many. Christian Wood's not the kind of guy you put on the bench at this point. He'll, he'll, make, he'll understand. He's a, border, he's a borderline all-star. Shangun is going to have to start at some point. Wood is not a kind of guy that you put on the bench. It's just not. And, and then you're not going to bench the guy that you draft in the top five. I understand that. But, like, yeah. you can send right. him Thanks. to the Thanks, Mauricio. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. understand. All right. Yeah, I've got one last speaker request here from Alex. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? What's going on, guys? How's it going? What's shaking? How are you? Um, a couple points uh, to that wood uh, point from from just just a second ago. Uh, the the biggest thing about that conf- uh, that argument is, I mean, why not if we were gonna shop wood sometime in the end of the season? I mean, we want to shop him high, right? So why wait until um, he potentially gets hurt again or? or anything like that. Anyway, that that's just a, a point. Anyways, to uh to the point of developing these players, um I'm curious as to why the Rockets didn't go ahead and just start Shingoon. Um if they're really into developing their young guys, why not give him the keys and and I mean get Tice off the bench or anything like that. What what do y'all they, think? They want to stagger they want to stagger wooden Shingoon. That's my best that's my best guess. Yeah. And I think to touch on the on trading wood He's your best player. Uh-huh. Why? Why would you trade him? I mean, like, yeah, there's, I, I there's get no that. upside. I'm not, there's I'm no upside to, to moving him. I'm definitely not yeah. saying to trade Wood. I'm just saying, like, I I could see sure. that side of the argument. Like, if if we were to to think about that, and um, we would want to look into. I mean, because his value is so high. Anyways. Rafael Stone is going to get is going to hear some offers from him at the deadline, and look, Rafael Stone should listen to those offers. But at the same time. I do think that he will have, I mean, yes, you know, what could happen is they don't trade him at the deadline in February. He gets injured in March and then he loses value in the off season. But I do think that trading in the off season makes more sense because you don't know where you're going to end up in the lottery. Cause you might end up with the fifth pick in like, they might have the best odds or the second best odds. And if they end up with the fifth pick, they might have to take a guy like Patrick Baldwin who you could find a way to get Wood in there. Wood still, you know, has value on the team. But if they are in a position where they they're in that top two or three and all the bigs are at the top, then I think that's when you you truly make a decision there. That that's my opinion on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, right. I, I think why Absolutely. why not make Christian Wood a part of the future? There's not a legitimate reason not to. The only reason is that he's, his contract is only this season and next season. You need to re-sign him, though. Like, guys like him, guys who can get 17 and 12, do not come around very often, and he chose to be here. Like, what are you telling impending free agents? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to have you here for a couple of years. Uh, we're not going to be very good, and then we're basically going to say, there's the door. You need a Christian Wood archetype, basically. And a guy like um, a guy like Duran or a guy like um, Banchero, Banchero is probably more, more like Christian Wood than any of those guys that at least that I've seen so far, and I've done, you know, minimal research on these guys. But if you get like Bonchero, I read on Twitter or something, he's like a younger version of Christian Wood. And so the reason why you get him is because, well, he's the best player in the draft. And, you know, if if Wood is the casualty of that, he's the casualty of that. But um, at this point, like I, I still am very high on Christian Wood. Mike is right in the fact that, you know, you have a guy that is, you know, established and that's kind of Mike's, you know, theories and Mike's, you know, beliefs when it comes to building a basketball team is you want, you want as much, you know, proven commodity as possible. And it's hard to do that when you're in a rebuild. Um, but I do think like the way that I see it in a way is like, to try to compare it in a way like Christian Wood is our Carl Anthony towns. Like he is a guy like Minnesota could blow it up. They, they I mean, they look, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year. Carl Anthony towns is the best player, but you don't trade your best player necessarily just because, and to try to get more picks, you know, you have a proven commodity. You, you want to keep them. And as long as he's healthy and he's long. And to me, I don't know if he's necessarily done enough to where I would, you know, keep him if I was given the option of Paolo Banchero, I'd probably take Banchero over Christian Wood right now in terms of just oh, like down the line, Ooh. like ceiling. Ooh. I, I would 100% agree oh, with that. Yeah. What, I mean, what? Mike, talk, Mike, talk in about terms proven, of ceiling, he's played three college games. How can you say he has a higher ceiling than a guy who's averaging 17 and 12 and he's been in the league less higher than five ce- years. But Mike, 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 we're talking ceiling. Ceiling, yeah. ceiling is a different mm-hmm. thing than, than floor. And right no, now, I got floor, it. I got it. Floor wood is definitely better because he's played in the NBA. And, and like you said, Buncher has played, you know, three college games. But at this point, that's what rebuilds are about. It's about ceiling. But you do need a guy or two that are that have low floors and that you know have low floors, that you can, you know, rely on them. It, you can't just go in with, you know, a whole, and I think that's why the Rockets are where they are right now is because a lot of guys they have – have not established their floors yet. We have a lot of guys that we're hoping get there to their ceiling and they're every game they go to, they get closer to that ceiling. But right now the floors are where they're at. And it's why you have a one in 12 basketball team. Anything else, Alex, before we sign up? Well, I got, I got one more, one more question to ask y'all and it it can just top of your head here. Um, Would the 20 game losing streak this year be worse than the, than the one last year, just as, as far as fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am going to agree with Mike on that only because I think the team has more talent this year. And I think even though they are still kind of figuring each other out, you know, last year's losing streak, if you really think about it, Christian Wood was injured for, you know, pretty much the entirety of it. And now we're on what this is. I lost count, but I don't think it's going to be a 20 game losing streak, but um, if they were to get there, I would say this would be worse, but at the same time too, like, you know, they can afford to lose right now. 
So it, it wouldn't really be that much. And, and look, the losing streak last season, like that was last season. I don't really care about that. And by the end of this season, when we don't win the playoffs, I don't care about this past season. It's only about moving <laughs> forward. And Agreed. streaks and Lottery, losing streaks shouldn't really streaks, matter yeah. because at the end of the day, this game that was tonight is going to be irrelevant in about 12 hours or so. I mean, depending on when you listen to this. But for the Rockets, like right now, they're thinking about this game. They're probably going over a little bit of film. And they're moving to Memphis. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks Alex. Alex. Appreciate you coming on. Drop your takes. Appreciate it. All right. I think this is about time to park the rocket ship. Really happy with the with the live audience that we've had today and a lot of different speakers, a lot of great opinions, um, a lot of good banter tonight. Um, Mike, we haven't done a mic drop in a while. Do you want to you do one? Sure, why not? All right, Mike, you got one minute. Talk anything but the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Yeah, I think as a whole, we all have to take a step back. And I'm not talking about the Rockets specifically here. I'm talking about fans that want to specifically go after their organizations because they feel like they're doing they're doing a bad job like so early into what is a potential rebuild for their organization. And I'm part of that. I'll be 100% honest. Like, it is a process. And I think it's okay for fans out there to be frustrated, but still support the organization as a whole. And it's either you're a Rockets fan or you're not a Rockets fan at that point, or if you're a Timberwolves fan or if you're a Hornets fan or whatever, like as a whole, I'm just saying when you go out there to Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff, keep in mind that the front office and everybody's doing the best job that they can and trying to evaluate these commodities the best that they can and sometimes it's going to take a lot longer than people like myself will allow and i think that it's important to keep that top of mind when we're watching these games night in and night out so that's the best that i can do right now jeremy i mean i asked you not to talk about the rockets so i'm thankful that you talked about the miami dolphins well okay well if you want to compare nfl (laughs) resumes if you're if you want to compare nfl resumes my team just beat yours so you know what i'd I would keep that at bay. I tried to make that like not about the Rockets specifically, but like crazy fans out there that just go to Twitter and Facebook that just throw out just incredibly stupid opinions just drives me bananas. Hey, look, and the Dolphins are on a win streak. Yes. One, two in a row. Hey, man. And maybe the Rockets win two in a row at some point. They should. Probably not, but I I get what you're saying. Hey, Dolphins are only two and a half games out of the playoffs. So. Okay. Let's, they're only two and a half. Oh, the Dolphins. Yeah. I no, the Rockets are. Yeah, hey, <laughs> the, the Rockets are out. Rockets yeah. are a little bit more out of the playoffs, but uh, you know what? They will win two games consecutively this season. Uh, I would take that bet. Yeah, I would take that bet. Okay, I, w- I will bet you a, a lunch at some point that throughout this season the Rockets will not win back to back games. They will not. They will not. All right, deal. deal. All right, Rockets. I've got. I've got y'all on my bet. We've got sixty nine games to go so y'all better win two in a row it could start tomorrow night against the grizzlies uh what are you looking forward to tomorrow night, so. man just another opportunity to get this team out there and get them more minutes and get a more run i'm excited to see shangun play tomorrow i'd like to see kj martin get more than 17 minutes uh, i would like to see more of an offensive cohesion uh you know continuing to try and find an identity whether you're running this offense to jalen green or christian wood you know, getting wood next to the basket a lot more than out on the perimeter. Uh, and I'm excited for a tough test in John Moran. I think tomorrow night could be a Kevin Porter Jr., you know, 
party, if you will, you know, if they allow him to play more free and, you know, I think tomorrow night could be a very, very fun point guard battle. So that's probably what I'm looking forward to most. We'll see. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream shake SBN. You can also head to our website, www.thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. We back for another episode tomorrow night. Michael Brown on the mic for that one. I may be available too, question mark. I'm not sure yet, but um, I'll have to, I live day to day. Like I really don't know what I'm going to be doing that day until that day. So uh, you might, you might hear from me tomorrow. You might hear from just Mike, but you'll hear from one of us or both of us tomorrow night. Uh, We'll be here right after the game. And yeah, we've got a lot of fun Rocket basketball, hopefully in our future. Thank you to our uh, live audience here at Spotify Green Room. And thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. Till next time, go Rockets. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.